Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to your podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by Nick Shermans. Nick founded Pure Portfolios with a vision to create a new client-centric experience. He believes in raising the standards of professional conduct within our industry. He shares his passion for investors' rights, higher ethical standards, and financial markets through his weekly blog. He's been quoted in Investors Business Daily, The Wall Street Journal, ETF.com, Financial Advisor Magazine, and many, many more. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. I am humbled to be here. Thank you for the nice intro. Well, uh, you are very welcome. So let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? Let's see. I got started. So I, I graduated from Washington State in 2004. Uh, I'm, I'm 39. I kind of stumbled into finance. I, I actually was a, um, a software coding major. I uh, found out that I didn't really like that. So I majored in finance and started kind of dabbling in uh, Ben Graham's book on value yeah. investing, Random Walk Down Wall Street. I was always decent at math. So again, I graduated in 04 and, you know, I had these ideas that I would be an analyst sitting in front of my Bloomberg terminal, giving people savvy investment advice. And then when I went to go look for a job in Seattle, Portland area, you know, in the Northwest, every financial services job directly ties into sales in yes. reality, quickly set in uh, that, that that's what I was going to be doing. And I didn't like it. So, so, oh, sorry. So I obviously it doesn't matter how good your savvy Bloomberg terminal advice is if you've got nobody to be good for. So you are absolutely right. There has to be a sales aspect. So I apologize for interrupting. Continue on to the transition that you made. So I, I started my journey. Uh, I, I worked at a big insurance company. Then I pivoted uh, to a smaller regional bank in the trust department. You know, I was making large trades. Uh, and then I got a job as a portfolio manager at a large private bank. Which, which was closer to what I wanted to be doing. Um, you know, I always thought of myself as an analyst, not so much as a salesperson. So, so now I was getting in front of high net worth clients. I was managing a, a client book of a, of a couple hundred million. But, but I quickly realized that working for a big institution, a big publicly traded company, uh, one, they were expensive to work with. So if you're a client at one of these firms, you're paying over 1%. And it's likely that you're invested in mutual funds, which let's say it's another half of 1%. And if you're in a taxable account, those mutual funds tend to saddle investors with capital gains. So when you add all of this up, 
you know, you might be paying one and a half to 2%, which is a very large hurdle to jump over every year. And then you throw in the fact that, you know, the incentive systems put in place at these big companies reward sales. They reward bringing in assets. And I just felt it was a misalignment of incentive, both from a cost standpoint and then all that we talked about internally with sales, right? And then there was external factors too, like the Vanguard effect, as I call it, where costs are going down, fees are going down, transparency is going up, which is all good things for the end investor. And I was looking at myself and saying, hey, I'm, I'm kind of riding a sinking ship. If I want to stay in this business, I'm going to put my own footprint on it. So that's how I came to launch Pure Portfolios. Okay. So the longer version of that is probably should probably be in a book somewhere because I know you're giving us the quick version. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel it is that makes Pure Portfolios different? Well, well, the way I, I think about Pure, and it's evolved, but 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 this is where we're kind of going now, is it's a it's a hybrid model where you know if if Vanguard is the baseline, you know, a low-cost provider. And at the other end, you have a suit and tie, a traditional advisor that charges 1%. Pure Portfolios is kind of in the middle of that. Uh, we're, we're, we're more personal than a robot, but we're much lower in fees than a traditional advisor. Okay. So how does that affect, how does that change? Well, tell, tell us a little bit about your money management approach, because I know you've got some differentiation there as well. Well, well I think the biggest difference is in our fee structure and also the way we actually manage the fund. So, so first, you know, I'll talk about the, the prism in which we look at the portfolio management side. And, and we're what we call evidence-based investors. And evidence-based investors, how, how, how I would, how I would uh, explain that is it's the relentless pursuit of what works. And a lot of it is common sense. So Low-cost investing beats high-cost investing. Tax-efficient investing beats tax drag. Uh, optimizing the things that we can control, the financial planning process, our emotions, our behaviors, really taking the low-hanging fruit, as we call it. You know, a lot of investors tend to focus on, on external factors. Who's going to win the election? Uh, China tariffs, what, what Trump said on Twitter. And, and if 2020 taught us anything, there are so many things that we can't control. An investor can exponentially increase their odds of, of a successful outcome just by looking internally, optimizing the things that you can control. Now, I, I was just going to pivot to to the fee side, which you know is is one of the things an investor can can control, and and part of what makes Pure different. We really have two separate models. One is for an all exchange traded fund model. 65 basis points, which, you know, the average advisor cost is somewhere between, you know, 1% to 1.5%. If you factor in mutual funds, you know, that, that's closer to 1.5%. So 65 basis points, we don't use any mutual funds. We don't use any third-party managers, which strips out another layer of costs. You know, that fee structure includes planning, estate planning, the behavioral coaching, our original content. I write a weekly blog. So so I would say uh, that's that's very competitive, and and again, if you look at Vanguard as the baseline, you know I believe Vanguard's all-in cost for their, you know their advisor solution, which includes a CFP that's in a call center managing like three thousand clients, is like forty basis points. So so pretty competitive with that. And then the other feature that we have, which is very unique, uh, you know, as far as I know, we're we're the only RIA that offers something like this, 
it's a little more expensive. It's 80 basis points, but we actually tie that fee tier to our client's outcome, right? So if performance falls short or if the market's down, we actually look back at performance for the year. And if it fall below the hurdle rate, we, we discount by 25% for the following year. Now, if you compare that again to what a typical advisor would charge a fixed 1%, if they do a good job or a bad job, this suddenly becomes very compelling. Even if you're a, a novice investor, like, like you get fees tied to outcomes and look, it's, it's not a promise of outperforming the market or beating the S and P it's just a cleaner alignment of incentives between client and advisor. Okay, so that's kind of revolutionary if you think about it, because normally as advisors, we've positioned ourselves, the fiduciary, we've said, hey, it's a 1%, one and a half. So if you make more money, I make more money. If you lose money, I lose money. But the percentage itself does not change unless they cross like a billing threshold, like half a million, right. million whatever it is. If what I'm hearing you say is that literally your fee percentage changes depending on performance, which really, really puts you on the same side of the table. How does that affect your cash flow? Because now <laughs> it's bad enough if the market drops and our 1% drops, but you're saying, hey, maybe that 1% now drops to 0.75 in addition to it being on a lower amount. So you got hit twice. Now on the good times, you make money twice. How does that, how do you manage that? So, so that's a really astute question. And, and one, you know, I want to clarify, we, we don't take extra funds on the upside for outstanding performance. Oh, so wait, so you only lose, you can't double win. That's correct. And, and there's a reason for that. You're way too but, nice. But, um, taking an upside fee for outstanding performance could incentivize excessive risk-taking. Theoretically, if someone weren't going to manage to that, the money to that person's risk tolerance, yes. They, if you were a Wells Fargo, <laughs> you could have people cut corners and bet on more aggressive yeah. stuff to try and up their bonus. Yes, yes. And, and, and we want to avoid the, the illusion of that. So on, on your, your question about how we manage the business and double losing, quote, quote unquote. Yeah, that's um, my term, not yours. Full yes, disclosure. yes. <laughs> so it, it forces, so there's a couple unintended benefits that, that I didn't think about, but one it forces pure portfolios to manage their expenses very prudently. So, yeah. so we're hyper-focused on the expense side. You know, of course, we want to have technology and the resources that we need to service our clients, but we're very mindful of expenses, given that some years we have to discount fees. And it happened uh, in 2018. So 2018, the best performing asset class out there was cash. So bonds, uh, yes. stocks were, were, were all down together. It was one of the few years that diversification did not work. So we discounted- well, traditional diversification, traditional diversification. Did not work. So for all of 2019, for, for a good section of our client book, we had to discount fees by 25%. Wow. Okay? So on top of the money being down. On top of the money being down. Now, now you know, the S&P was down like four or 5%. So, so it wasn't catastrophic, but- it Could forces be. us to manage our expenses. You know, the partners all, all took a pay cut. That's fine. That's, that's not a bug in the system. That's what our fee tier is supposed to do. That's what's supposed to happen. I can tell you clients love to hear it. It's a very empowering message for, for your advisor to come to you and say, hey, you know, performance was tough last year. We are going to discount fees. Um, that actually led to more client referrals than, wow. than we've ever had. So again, the unintended benefits. And then another wrinkle to this, and this is kind of unrelated to our fee tier, but back in 
March, April, May of 2020, there was this big deal about advisors, smaller independent advisors taking PPP loans. And I was appalled by this because one, again, negative market outcomes are not an outlier in our business. It's, it's part of the territory. And if you're running a business, an investment management business, you know, and the market's down and your next course of action is to take a PPP loan, you're, you're probably not running a viable business. And this is coming from a guy that, again, is in the same business. And I actually discount fees during tough market environments. So, so I, I actually wrote a piece about uh, kind of shaming the folks that took, you know, the PPP loans um, and it got some good feedback. It kind of went viral in our small world. Now, you've also been quoted in the Investor's Business Daily, Wall Street Journal, Financial Advisor Magazine. Talk a little bit about what you're being interviewed about and how those media relationships came about. Yeah, so I, I, write, I keep saying this, but I write a blog and it's kind of our voice in a crowded space. And you know, I try to be as open and as transparent as I possibly can. And a lot of people find it refreshing because you know our business is always kind of operated in walls of secrecy and like the shadows. So, you know, I've, I've wrote blogs about how I personally invest, you know, our fees are on our website. I've had people say to me, Nick, I'm surprised the level of content that, that, that you share. Um, and I think that's, that's part of the reason why I might be quotable. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm interviewed on and you can see our uh, press page on our website, it's, it's pretty boilerplate stuff. Like, how a client could protect their portfolio in case of a drawdown and yada, yada. Um, you know, the blog is my, is my unfiltered platform to talk about anything that I want to. And, you know, if you read my blog, you'll, you'll find there's an underlying current. I, I, I have a disdain for big Wall Street firms. I can't imagine why. Now, the, you also recently launched a podcast. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, the podcast, uh, I think we're on our fifth episode. It hasn't quite been launched yet. We're still working on the cover art. I'm not an artist, so um, that's a work, in a work in progress, but it's called, it's called Blind Spots. And, you know, I talk a lot about the behavioral side of investing, you know, identifying cognitive and emotional biases. You know, we all have blind spots. Our personal experiences shape the way that we view, view money, uh, whether you realize that or not. And I would describe the contents of our podcast is, is what people should do with our money and what actually happens. That gap is, a bit of a is what we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is that show you like a radio show you teaching? Um, is it you interviewing people? Is it a combination? How does that work? So it started uh, with me being peppered with questions by our director of client experience. And we're, we're pivoting to, to introducing some guests. Uh, that is coming, but, but right now we're just kind of setting the stage, what we're about, what we'll be talking about, and kind of setting the tone for future episodes. Awesome. And then talk a little bit about the team that you've built at Pure Portfolios. Yeah, so, so we launched uh, with two associates, uh, or excuse me, two, two partners, myself, and David Gawant, who is a uh, longtime private banker, he, he probably wouldn't like me to refer to him that way. And then since then, we are actually buying a smaller firm right now that, that's going to close at the end of March. We're going to add another partner. So all in, there'll be six of us. Uh, we're, we're currently hiring for an operations person. So, you know, back in April of, or excuse me, August of 2016, we launched with zero in assets. 
Right now, we're at 120 million. Once this tr transaction is completed, we'll be around 205 million. You know, we're growing at about 35% a year, which is not typical for a, a, a firm of our size. You know, the, yeah, the biggest, it's a heck of a growth rate and a heck of an asset accumulation in a short period of time. Yeah, and, and the biggest challenge for firms of our size is growth, getting, getting new clients in the door. And so other than acquisition, how are you doing that? One, the acquisition was not something that I really set out to do, but every now and again, you, you come across someone that you're so aligned with uh, that, it, that it just makes sense. So, so, so again, that, that was never a way that I wanted to grow. A lot of firms do grow that way, but these deals are time consuming. You know, everybody overvalues what they have and they undervalue what you have. And, it's, and, it's, and it can be a mess. The, the growth really has stemmed from one, you know, again, I'm going to always point back to the blog. So, so the, the premise of the blog at the start was just to answer questions that people were asking me. So I would bank every question a prospect or a client would ask of me, I would turn around and write about it, right? P people tend to ask kind of the same types of questions. So during the sales process, I would share previous blog posts and I would come at it from a point of trying to educate someone rather than selling. And it, it does build trust coupled with the radical level of transparency that, that we have. Again, our fees are on our website. And then I think the third part of that is, you know, a lot of marketing folks tell advisors to be different. Like you need to be different. You need to focus on a niche, whether it be doctors or people that are about to retire. Well, we actually set out to create an actual different firm. Like we are different. So I can come in to a, to a prospect meeting and explain how Pure Portfolio is different. And it's, it's not me selling. It's basically telling a story and a vision of something that I really believe in versus someone that works for a big Wall Street firm, where if you compare Wall Street firms, the big banks, the brokers, and the wirehouses, they all basically do the same thing. So you're basically selling yourself. I'm selling a vision. So it comes across much more naturally. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you do? My personal motivation stems from rescuing clients from advisors that are really salespeople that are masquerading as advisors, rescuing those clients from adversarial relationships and bringing them and saving them into pure portfolios. That's what I'm passionate about. And to me, what motivates me is, and I'm not going to name names because I don't want to get sued. But like the strip mall financial advisor, the wirehouse advisor, the publicly traded advisor, where, where if you read those earnings notes for those companies, some of the things they say are so egregious, they're openly working against their clients. That is my opportunity. That's what we're going after. And 90% of our clients come from those types of advisors. For our viewers and listeners who want to learn more about all things Nick and Pure Portfolios, where is the best place for us to send them? So, so pureportfolios.com, a lot of information about the way we work with clients, our fees, our service model, kind of our spirit. And then uh, within that, our, our blog, which you can access on the, on the top right of our homepage. You know, I blogged every week for the last four and a half years. This doesn't come from a third party. It comes from me. And then if you are on Twitter, at Pure Portfolios, Blind Spots, the podcast, will be launching within the next couple of weeks. And, and I'll blast it out on our social channels. I'll blast it on the website. Um, and then if you want to get on our newsletter, you can email Nick, N-I-K, 
at pureportfolios.com. Shoot me your email. I'm, I'm not going to solicit you. You'll just go on our newsletter, which includes our blogs and other content that we find that's useful. Awesome. This has been Seth Green with Nick Sherman's of pureportfolios.com and the Blind Spot podcast. Nick, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.